Yesterday I got a lot of pleasure from somebody who called me. Um, Malcolm Rabson is the, is the founder of a tech company and is also a serious bentorah who has a chabura at the moment they're learning Masech the Sukkah. Um, and he was telling me how he uses the Matmanim and Masech the Sukkah not just as a platform, a springboard from which to develop uh, to develop the sugya, but he said it's just amazing how it provides a methodology, a, a method of learning that, that they're finding. And what they do is they learn the Makoras first. They first they print out the, the, the source sheet, they learn all the Makoras inside, and then they listen to the shear afterwards. And that gives them uh, an approach as to how to, how, how to learn these Makoras. And it's... Uh, one of the that, that's definitely one of the important things. That's why I was so happy with that to hear because one of the things I really wanted to be is a, a resource for people who are teaching, not only for people who are learning themselves that as well, but as a resource for for people who are teaching. Um, and the um, and and it's interesting that although each matmon is on a different piece of Gemara, so there's no textual continuity really. Um, each each one is on a different on a different sugya, but there's often conceptual continuity as we're busy with an idea and and that helps develop a Torah hashkafa. and I've been talking on Shabbos I talked about the importance of having a Torah lens looking at the world through the Torah lens because that's what distinguishes a Ben Torah from a secular person one can keep all the mitzvot and still be a secular person one can learn Torah several hours a day and still be a secular person <coughs> what makes one a Ben and one can be a businessman who only learns Torah whatever time is available, and they can be a Ben Torah. And what makes the difference is whether they look at whether one looks at the world through the lens of Torah, or you don't look at the world through the lens of Torah. And, and part of what the Matmanim is designed to do is to help us develop a Torah lens with which to look at the world. Yesterday we started looking at the role of work. Uh, and we can pick up our Hashkafah from the street. You know, and usually when we talk about the street, we're thinking about uh, Tel Aviv streets. But this Yerushalayim is also the street. And B'nai Brak's also the street. Uh, and it's as unreliable a source of Hashkafah. Uh, the question is, are, you, are we picking it up from the street, whether it's the Frum street or the non-religious street, it doesn't make a difference. Or are we getting it from the Torah itself? So that in uh, yesterday, in talking about um, uh, the, the fact that, that engagement in, in commerce, engagement in the world, helps with Yirat Chet. You won't hear that in the street. You won't hear that in the street in Tel Aviv, and you won't hear that in the street in Bnei Brak, and you won't hear that in the street in Yerushalayim. You won't hear that in the street. Um, and yet uh, we learned the, 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 that important Rashi, that that's where you, that's where you learn Yirat Chet from. You learn Yirat Chet from, from engaging in, in business, working. That's where you develop Yirat Chet from. Uh, and today we take the relationship to work a little further with a different, a different approach. Also, the terrorist approach to work. So the Gemara is discussing various different issues around the way they used to communicate that Rosh Chodesh had taken place, that they were Mekadosh Chodesh. And as you know, they did that with fires on the tops of the mountains, and so the news got out to Bovel and, and all over the world. And the Gemara talks about why um, uh, so why only send it out why only send out these fires if Rosh Chodesh is early, if it's a chasa, a short month, let's rather send the fires out on when the months are long. The Gemara goes through all the different options. Omar The problem, says Abaya, is that you don't want to keep people in suspense about whether it's Rosh Chodesh or not. Because if you keep them in suspense, whether it's Rosh Chodesh or not, they will come out not working for two days instead of one. Um, 
Tosfos says, what, what days are they not going to work? Rashi says it's Rosh Hashanah. It says, There's no need to say that it's talking about Rosh Hashanah. This which the Gemara says, we don't want to keep them in suspense, forcing them to keep two days Rosh Chodesh, Misofek, that's about every Rosh Chodesh. Because they didn't used to do Melach on Rosh Chodesh. They kept Rosh Chodesh like Cholamoyed. They kept it as a semi Yom um, that sounds like everybody didn't do melacha. Um, and then he goes on to say it towards the end, and we're accustomed to say, this is based on a, a Tanah de Be'er which we'll see, The women were given a yomtif on Rosh Chodesh as, a, as reward for not having uh, participated the Chet Eagle. They resisted the Chet Eagle, and, and this was their reward. That they were they were given time off on Rosh, on Rosh Chodesh. So so what do we think this bitul melacha is? So when I learned it, that was my first question. Why are we worried about bitul melacha? What's so wrong with bitul melacha? Usually, if you say there's another public holiday, we we're happy about it. Why are we so concerned of giving people too much time off? So the pastors, you would think it's because we don't they're parnasa. We don't want this to interfere with parnasa. So that's we don't, we don't want to to give too much time where people can't work at their at their professions, but we'll see that that's not what Chazal were worried about. Tosfos uh, Harosh says, by the way, uh, this is a Tosfos, not a Tosfos Harosh, not Tosfos Harosh says that there's something else. Another reason why women have a special relationship to to Rosh Chodesh is she'anashim mitchadshot bevestan milamed lelamed. Because women have a 30-day cycle as well, and they are mitchad shot. It's a, you know we always think of the, of, a, of a woman's cycle in a, in a bit of a negative kind of a way. There's tuma and there's and there has to be a mikvah afterwards, and it means she hasn't fallen pregnant and all. But there's another aspect to it too. There's mitchad shot. A woman becomes a new woman every month, and and like the month becomes a new month every month, and the woman relates to that. She understands that that she there's renewal in a woman every month. The um, the Bach says now the Bach is one of the early uh, Acharonim. So he's he lives just after the Mechaber and the Ramo. The Mechaber and the Ramo die in the second half of the 16th century, um, and that's about the time that the the Bach is born and starts working. So he's one of the if the, if the Mechaber, the Shulchan Aruch and the Ramo are like the end of the Rishonim, bridging into the Acharonim. And the Bach is one of the early Acharonim who writes a magnificent parish on the Tur. And then we talked about the Tur and how important the Tur was in halachic innovation. And the Bach writes this unbelievable parish on, on the Tur. And his son-in-law is the Taz who writes an unbelievable parish on the Shulchan Aruch. So between them, they become very, very important. The Bach writes in Hilchus Rosh Chodesh, there's certainly no din that the women may not do melacha. It's not like like chalamayin. How real can sit down? It's not. It's not like um, uh, like or these things where you're not allowed to do melacha. That's not what is a big chidush in the Bach. El Hakadosh Baruch Hu natan lehem scharan shiyu meshamrot rosh chodesh shelo yuchal baala la kufala asot melacha. What rosh chodesh is a time where she escapes her husband's authority, where her husband can't tell her to work. That's what Rosh Chodesh is. 
it's a it's a din on the man, not on the woman. Everybody says, oh, women aren't supposed to do melacha. They can do what they want on Rosh Chodesh. It's their day of freedom. It's the man who has to be very careful not to ask his wife to do anything. That's a time for him to take care of the house. If they choose to work, that's fine. Says the Orach HaShulchan, also an amazing Chiddush. It's just full of Chiddushim in this, in this piece. Um and if you find that in a particular place the women do some melachas and they don't do others melachas, it's a bit confusing. This they do, that they don't do. Follow the minach. Don't. If you're an, a new rabbi who comes into a community, don't cause waves about what melachas the women are doing and not doing on Rosh Chodesh. Follow the minach as it is. We've spoken often about how important the Orach HaShulchan is. Although the, some of these very important sforim have been not, not cast aside, the, the poskim use them all the time. But the ordinary people, the Mishnah Brewers, become the popular source for halacha in, in our Chaim at least. But the Orach Hashulchan is the whole of Shulchan Orach, and is really the halachic authority of our of our generation. The Orach Hashulchan says, "Vinei in our town in the Varadok, Nashi Bale Batim Enosot Melacha." The uh, wives of wealthy people don't work on Rosh Chodesh. But women who go out to work, they work on Rosh Chodesh. So it seems that they, they never accepted the Minag not to go to their Parnasa. So then, what is, what is the Oruch HaShulchan saying? What, what is the Melacha that they're not meant to be doing? Now the Oruch HaShulchan and the Bach form a an integrated approach. The Bach says it's not about the women not doing melacha, it's about the men not making them do melacha. And the Oruch HaShulchan says it doesn't apply to going out to work. So what melacha is it talking about that men can't make the women talk? It's the housework. That's what Rosh Chodesh is for. If she wants to go off to, to uh, her work and she wants to work on her computer and she wants to do it, that's fine, 100%, she can do whatever she wants. He can't force her. He can't say to her, you haven't done the dishes today or have you made supper for tonight? He can't say that. You're not allowed to say that on Rosh Chodesh. It's a din on the man. It's not a din on the, on the woman. Why not? There's a mission in Ksubis, Daphne Tess. Rabbi Yezer Even if a man can afford a hundred servants, the Yomoros, it's brought in Shulchanot, that the first thing a man does when he's got a little bit of extra money is not buy a new car. First thing he does is he gets servants. That's how the, the South Africans kind of got it right. Yeah. The first thing you do is you get servants for the house. The woman doesn't have to, is not meant to do all that housework, just if there's nobody else, and the woman does it. But that's not the idea. The idea is that she has servants. And the Mishnah goes through, and it's brought in, in, in a fascinating piece of Shulchan Aruch in Evan Reza. Um, and Rabbi Leza says, even if there are 100 shvachot, he can force her to at least do weaving and knitting and work like that. That's clean, that's not difficult, that's not hard. But she's got to be productive. She's got to be doing work. Even if she has a, a, a squad of 100 slaves, she still has to do that work. And he can force her. Because without, with, with Betela, when a, a woman, and we'll see this is not only about women, but here we're talking about women, it brings to Zima, it causes them to become involved in, in things that aren't, aren't news. That's what it causes. They start watching Netflix, and then they go out with friends, and it, it just creates a different kind. It's not, it's not healthy. A woman should have something to occupy her mind, 
something to occupy her day, something to occupy her life, that she's doing something constructive. If a man makes his wife take a neder, I forbid you to work. Your tzivi yitain ktuva, that's grounds for divorce. One would think, that's what a, what a bracha. A man says, you're not working, my wife is not working. Grounds for divorce. Because betelo brings not only to zimo, it brings to shimum. What does shimum mean? Shiamum? Boredom. Says Rashi, no, you don't know, you don't know any Hebrew. Shiamum <laughs> means shigaon. It drives you insane. That's what betelo does. And by a man forbidding his wife to work, he's driving her insane. The woman has a mind. She wants to be doing something. She wants to be making a difference. Whether it's in the home or it's outside of the home. It doesn't mean that she's got to work for a boss somewhere. Not at all. It can be that she's doing it. But you can't release her. Just provide all the servants that you want and all the technology and say, look, my darling, you don't have to do anything. That's not a favor. You're destroying her mind, says, says Rashi, says Raman Shimon ben Gamliel. That's why they didn't want two days of Rosh Chodesh unnecessarily. Because that would mean that women wouldn't be working for two days. That, that can drive them crazy. That's not a healthy thing. Women should have, should have something productive to do. And you see from all the, the, the activities that are listed in Ksuvah Staff Nuntes, they're all productive things. She's creating, she's weaving, she's sewing, she's making, she's doing. She's creating things. She's using her creative talents to make a difference to people. That's what a woman needs to be doing. That's what everybody needs to be doing. And we had in... Um, in the Haloche Chaburah on, on, on Shabbos, that we have a wonderful, wonderful Haloche Chaburah on Shabbos. Uh, it means davening a, a little bit earlier than, than normal, and then afterwards we have a, a, a Shabbos Chaburah, where I, I give, uh, for 20 or 25 minutes, I give a shir on the Vilna Gaon, the Vilna Gaon's approach to the Haloche, and then Simon takes people through the whole Smichas Chaverian program, and people learn Hilchas Shabbos very, very thoroughly. And in that shir, um, we referred to a toysvus in Brochus about the question of why there's salt on the table and why we add salt to challah and do you have to add salt to challah or not. And toysvus says at the bottom of the, of the sheet, We don't bring salt or anything to dip the, the challah into. Because that's an insult to our women. Our, our challah is very delicious. It doesn't need salt. It doesn't need leftan. You don't have to dip it in anything. Um, we don't have to take extra time between the broch and the eating while you're busy dipping and then sometimes there isn't salt on the table and then the husband goes, no, 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 where's the, kind of, you know, where's the, and she goes, finds the salt and feels all bad that you didn't have the salt there and it, meanwhile it's a hefsek. Don't, don't need to do that. If the, salt, if the bread tastes good as it is, no need to dip it. And again, this is, you won't find this on the streets. In the streets, if you don't dip your challah into the salt or you don't sprinkle salt, you're considered to be a you know, question whether your children will get good shidduchim. How can you be such a person? But you see, it's, there's, no need, there's no need for it. But there is a din that Rabbi Menachem talks about that you've got to have salt on the table. It's not about dipping into the salt. It's about having salt on the table. Why? What's the reason? Listen to the reason also. We don't hear these reasons in this. If I ask you from the street, what will you say? What's the reason? Why do you have to have salt on the table? That's what you hear in the street, but that's not what Tosfot says. This is a dangerous moment because you've washed and you can't speak yet. 
So what are you doing? Where's your mind? What are you thinking about? Where are the mitzvahs? You can't say something nice to somebody. You can't inspire somebody. You can't encourage somebody. You can't do a chesed for somebody. You're like a paralyzed robot. It's a very dangerous time. That's the time the sotan is makatrik. And that messes up your whole meal. We don't realize. But at that time, because our minds aren't where they need to be, that's where this, the, the sotan, so to say, negative energy comes to the table. And later on, the conversation gets in, goes into all sorts of funny directions, and you wonder, how did that happen? It happened whilst nobody was saying anything. That was the time that negative energy comes to the table. Uvrit melach alehem. And the salt reminds us about the relationship to Hashem. So the idea is to meditate on the salt while you're waiting for Moetzi. It's an act of meditation. You know, when people meditate, often they'll use an object. They'll use a flame, or they'll use a flower, or they'll use whatever. they meditate on an object to focus your attention. The salt on the table is an object of meditation. Focus on the salt and think of the Brit Melach. Think of our relationship with Hashem. That way your mind is at least focused while you're waiting. And then you think of salt and the food and the meal and all the good things that come, that come with it. But that's the focus of attention. So you see, it's not just with women that the Gemara is afraid, that the Torah is worried. The Torah is worried even about a few moments of a man being unproductive. Just a few moments from washing to moitzi is a dangerous time because you're not productive. When you're eating, you're productive. You're saying brochas and you're looking after your body and you're looking after your soul. You're doing something productive. When you're talking to one another, you're hopefully doing something productive. All the time, we're doing something productive all the time. But moments of non-productivity, moments where you have to be silent and you're unproductive, that's a, that's a damaging time. And leads one to the certain comes, or as Rashi says, the shimun, the, the shigaon that comes with, with vacuum. When there's a vacuum, negativity enters. Positivity never goes into a vacuum. Positivity, positivity has to be attracted into something. Negativity naturally goes towards a vacuum. When one's mind is in a vacuum, negativity comes into one's mind. When one's neshama is in a vacuum, negativity comes into neshama. When a group of people are sitting around the table in a vacuum, then the negativity comes into the group of people. And when a woman is sitting, even if it's just for two days, Rosh Chodesh, and she's not doing anything, which is a gift to her, says the, uh, so we see from the Gemara, but not, but not too much, because too much of doing nothing can cause negativity, it can cause boredom, it can cause zimo, it can cause... Shiamum, uh, all sorts of things which are which are negative. So we all need to know when we're busy working, it's not just the toil of working and the clola of working, as we learned yesterday. It brings to yiras chet, and as we see today, making a difference to people, doing something positive in the world, being creative and productive, keeps one in a positive and healthy state of mind, and it's something every human being, man and woman, is, is expected to do.